for me, it was the right fit you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am your host, Art Stapleton. I am outside the Giants facility. It's Friday. We got our last day of access. And then it's on to Minnesota for the first playoff game in six years for the New York Giants. And without further ado, I teased it on the show yesterday with Phil Sims and Jared Davis. It's the sports betting analyst for NorthJersey.com, Burt Bainbridge. Burt, you've joined me. It's been a while. I think the last time we talked was the changing market with the Giants, but it's playoff time. This is uh, your bread and butter, so welcome to the show. Thanks, Art. Thank you so much for having me again. I appreciate it. So let's dive right in. You know, you've got a Minnesota Vikings team that is 11-0, I believe, in the regular season in one-score games, which is pretty crazy. And the Giants aren't bad in their one-score games as well, Uh, especially in the month of October. They had some some games that they ended up winning that people thought they would lose. But how do you approach this Giants-Vikings game from the odds uh, and what you're seeing kind of moving? It doesn't look like it's moving too much this week. It's been three on Tipico. Uh, Tell me about you know, what you're seeing, Giants-Vikings. Yeah, so right now, as we sit today, the Giants are uh, three-point underdogs as well. Uh, the Vikings opened at two and a half, um, but the Giants still sit at three, they're plus 140 on the money line. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the Giants are basically, you know, this is the second time, obviously, they're playing Minnesota in a few weeks now, so, you know, they have a great chance of redeeming themselves. You know, it was a great hard-fought game last time in Minnesota when they played, you know, they almost squeaked it out, but... Minnesota, of course, came down and kicked that long field goal by Greg Joseph to win it. But, you know, the Giants are right in there. You know, they're, they're only a three-point uh, three dog here. So I, I think they do have a real shot come, sun, come uh, Sunday afternoon. What do you like about this game when you're sizing it up and you're looking and considering, you know, what you want to bet? What What do you – I know you, you post stuff all over NorthJersey.com this week going into the weekend. What do you like? What are some of the things that you, that you would – Recommend uh, in terms of going into the weekend for this Giants Vikings game. What do you like? Yeah, no. So I mean, that's great at plus three. I mean, I think that's a good number. I think you know it's going to be one score game, just as both these teams have played all year. Like you mentioned, the Vikings are undefeated, and once all they do is play one score games, and so do the Giants. So you know, it's really you don't see really a blowout coming on either side here. So I think the Giants can. I mean, they showed you when they played Minnesota last. They can they can hang in with this team and with them getting healthy at the right time. And like you mentioned earlier in the week. Uh, in one of your comms, like the, you know, the Vikings offensive line, you know, it's it's not, it doesn't seem as healthy as it as it was during this Giants uh, in the first matchup between these two teams. So I I am a little worried for Minnesota side because I, I was leaning maybe Minnesota when it was at two and a half, but once that number got to three, I was definitely here still with the Giants. And once it came out, uh, the Vikings are showing up with a little bit of injuries on their offensive line, and we know their defense isn't isn't the best. So I mean, right now, I mean, I, I mean, I think. Uh, with the Giants, I mean, I, I just think they do have a real shot to pull this upset off. Um, come Sunday afternoon, I think they can really go into Minnesota and surprise a lot of people uh, this weekend. You know, how, how do you? I always get caught up when I look at the spread and it sits at three. You know, if you like. I guess if you like the Giants, are you better off? Do you get better odds 
if you bet them on the money line to win, then worry yeah. about that, you know, that three, because it's very rare that you're going to win a game. You're going to lose a game and win with the points, uh, right. especially with two teams that play this way. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's basically at this point, it, I think they're telling you right now, like if you went to Giants, you know, at the money line, they're plus 140. So, you know, that means you got to bet, you know, $10 to win $14 or 100 to win 140, you know, however you like to play it. But, um, yeah, no, it's basically, it is like, you get, because right now at plus three, the Giants are minus 111. So that would mean, you know, you'd have to lay, you know, you'd have to lay $11 to win 10 or you'd have to lay 111 to win 110. So, yeah, right now the value is definitely, if you believe in this Giants team as I do, I would, I would, um, I would just stick with the money line. I think that's a good bet. Um, so yeah, because uh, again, yeah, the odds of the Giants losing by exactly one or two points, you know, very slim. You know, the odds. So the odds this is like a field goal, where you know at least a one score game is much better. So um, I, I would definitely, if you're on the Giants side, yes, lean with just sticking towards the money line than um, than the spread. But I mean, plus three. Still, I like I like that as my pick too this week. I, I think the Giants will cover that, but yes, definitely better value for sure. Um, if you just go the money line route, what do the uh, prop bets look like in this game? Obviously, there's going to be a ton of uh, attention to Justin Jefferson and mm-hmm. you know what he did the last time: twelve catches, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Um, what do you see uh, as a couple? Are there a couple prop bets that you like that you've been toying with? Yeah, no, of course. So, I mean, last time these uh, these two teams gave, you know, it was a 27 and 24 game. There was points, like you said, Justin Jefferson really, uh, you know, really took care of the Giants secondary. He was really able to get open a lot. And so was TJ Hawkins. And he played, he did play a major role these last times, too. His over-unders right now at 49 and a half, I think I'd really like that. If the Giants, you know, try to mainly take away Jefferson, I think Hawkinson could definitely hit over that 50, uh, that 50 yard mark here. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, I mean, he's, I mean, right now he's, you know, he's really excelled uh, expectations, I would say, over this past, like, last month or so. He's, his over under is at two and a half receptions. I mean, it is minus 370 for over two and a half, so you're not getting a lot of great odds there, but he, he's a guy to look out for. And Saquon Barkley, too, I, he's over under for catches is three and a half, so that's something um, that's at minus 170 if you believe he'll have uh, four more catches, but, you know, and then there's always the, um, an interesting one here, Kirk Cousins, the throw and interception, which, you know, I mean, he's been better about it, I believe, this year compared to last, but oh, to have an interception is plus 100. I think that's a really good uh, at the place. I wouldn't be surprised if Kirk does uh, throw throw to the Giants at least once uh, on uh, Sunday. And he did it. He did it in the game on Christmas Eve, but Cordell Flock, exactly. Cordell Flock couldn't hold on to it. We'll see if Adoree Jackson's out there. Uh, and that allows the Giants to do more things on the back end. I'd watch for Xavier McKinney on TJ Hawkinson. That'll be very interesting. But I do think, uh, Bert, you know the Giants' history against tight ends in the last decade or so. Uh, that Hawkinson seems like easy money, but nothing's easy money. Um, so let's move past this game a little bit. I want to get your you know, your take on, on the weekend. I mean, it, it, this is the time of year, the next month or so, where, you know, this is why we love the NFL. Uh, take me, take me through a little bit. What is your favorite game this weekend that you'll put your most attention on? That you th- outside of the Giants, that you think you could you could win the most uh, the most bets that you're most confident in. Uh, that's in the Super Wild Card Weekend. 
Right. So I, I think if we shift our focus to the AFC, I mean, I don't really see. I mean, you know, with the news out of uh, out of Miami that the Dolphins seem like they're going to start Skyler Thompson. I mean, Buffalo's risen to all the way up to thirteen and a half point favorite, so they're expecting them to win by at least two touchdowns. Up. So you really got to be confident Buffalo they can win by a much. Well, I do think Buffalo can win. I think it, it is a lot of points. So I try to stay away from that. Um, if I'm looking at AFC, I mean, Jacksonville. Uh, being an underdog at home, I do I do like that against the Chargers, um, especially with the, the head coaching matchup between Doug Peterson and Brandon Staley. I do like uh, the Jaguars getting points there. I think that's a pretty good bet if uh, if you have confidence in the Jaguars on uh, on Saturday night. And then for the NFC, while Giants are one of my uh, one of my bets, I would uh, place on Sunday. My favorite one in the NFC has probably got to be the Buccaneers as well, home underdogs. You know, they really started the. You know, they lost their last game in Atlanta, but they were arresting some starters. But in that Carolina game, they really came back and had the double-digit deficit again. The Buccaneers, like, just erasing these fourth-quarter deficits with Tom Brady and just coming back and winning games multiple times this year. So I think them getting points at home as well, just like uh, just like the Jaguars, is a, is a good bet, especially on a Monday night, and especially with how the Cowboys uh, really ended their season in Washington last week. I mean, that was, uh, that was a – as a Giants fan, you know, you would love, you'd love to see that happen out Dallas struggled and Dak didn't look great, but I, those are my probably two best, my three best bets in the weekend. Are probably the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Buccaneers, always underdogs. I think they can all uh, come out on top. I uh, I think you made a good point about Doug Peterson against Brandon Staley. If that yeah. if that comes down to a coaching matchup uh, on Saturday night, uh, I look at it as Doug Peterson is a real aggressive head coach and I think Brandon Staley is a fake aggressive head coach and I think decision making down the stretch of that game will certainly uh, play a big role and I, I do love the fact that that Peterson uh, you know the Peterson Lawrence matchup together uh, I think that's a great pick I, I, I like that as well I think Jacksonville as a home dog is uh, is huge so let's talk big picture I'm going to put you on a spot what's your uh What's your Super Bowl? If you don't want to make it, make sure you check out Bert's work on NorthJersey.com when he releases it later today. But maybe we could get a little scoop as far as what Bert uh, sees coming down the wire in Arizona. Uh, and I have a feeling it's going to somehow factor into the AFC uh, neutral site game if that comes to play with uh, Kansas City and Buffalo. But take it away, Bert. What you got? Yeah, so right now, I mean, obviously, if you remember last last year, it was crazy. So I wrote earlier this week um, when I gave some of my favorite wild card teams to, um, you know, just play some odds before the playoffs to um, win the Super Bowl. You know, last year we saw for, for the first time there was no, since the uh, merger, there was no top three seeds in either conference to make the Super Bowl. You know, both the Rams and the Bengals were four seeds last year. So, you know, last year was crazy. We had tons of upsets. I mean, I, I believe we will see some upsets this year, but. Um, on both sides, I think with the AFC, um, I, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, we'll have the Bills and the Bengals on one side, and then the Jaguars will head to Kansas City. And I think, well, the Jaguars have had a great season, you know, and they made the playoffs. I think their season will end in, in Kansas City. And then I, I actually expect, I think the Bengals, um, I think they could pull off the upset against Buffalo. I think that'd be maybe the game of the divisional round, uh, Buffalo versus Cincinnati there. But um, when it comes down to Kansas City and Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati had their number last year. It was a great game. Um, but Cincinnati was able to get it done, but I think this year, Kansas City, they get back to uh, they get back to the big game. And unfortunately for Giants fans, I mean, it, it's tough. I, I, well, I do think, you know, 
I think the Giants will pull off the upset here come Sunday, but I think, you know, if they have to go into Philly, that's going to be a tough place. Obviously, you know, for the Eagles side, it's tough to beat a team three times uh, in a given season, but, um, you know, with Philly, it's just tough, you know. I think they ultimately face San Francisco in the in the conference championship, and it's you know Jalen Hurts at home against Brock Purdy. While the Niners are a great team, you know it's just I think we're destined for a top seed, uh, top two face off here in the Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the uh, Eagles here. The Andy Reid Bowl, the Andy yeah. Reid Bowl. That that would be uh, that would be something. I agree with you. I, I I we I think Jalen Hurts still has to prove that he's he's healthy. Um, I think we saw against the Giants JV that uh, he was not healthy and he was playing a certain way to protect that shoulder. If he's healthy, I agree with you. I think the Eagles and the 49ers are, are the two teams to watch in the NFC. But, hey, look, if the Giants get to Philly in, in the second round and divisional round uh, after upsetting Minnesota, I think that it, at that point Brian Dable doesn't want to hear house money. But uh, going, to Philly, going to Philly in that situation, I think they would sign up for it in a heartbeat. Bert, thanks yeah. for everything. And yeah. the last thing I wanted to mention to you, you know, where we look NCAA tournament time. Everybody always talks uh-huh. the twelve and the five. We've been seeing these right. stats this week. The six and the three is now in the NFL playoffs. What the twelve and the five became right. in March Madness. The Giants are sitting yeah. there at the six. So I'm sure there are Giants fans out there, you being one of them, who hopes that yeah. trend continues. Yeah, and, and while I think the Giants, I mean, obviously I think that I, I do honestly believe the Giants will pull off the upset here um, this weekend. And uh, But I think on the other side, Baltimore, Cincinnati, I mean, if Baltimore's healthy and they have a health, you know, if Lamar Jackson's out there and whatnot, they have a chance. But potentially on their third string backup, I mean, I, I, I think Cincinnati, that might be, the, I honestly think that could be the biggest blowout of the weekend is the Bengals versus the Ravens. Because I, I don't see how Baltimore will really be able to compete if they're starting Anthony Brown uh, under center in Cincinnati for a playoff game against Joe Burrow. I, I think it could get ugly there. I agree with you, and I think uh, I think the league made a mistake by putting that game on Sunday night. I think you're going to lose a big Man. audience uh, Sunday night. Uh, they kind of sacrificed Sunday night for Monday night with Dallas and Tampa Bay, uh, so it'll be interesting to see the way that works. Bert, have a great weekend. I wish you a lot of, a lot of good fortune in your bets, and... Uh, We'll see you. Uh, I'm sure we'll carry through, depending yeah, on how the Giants go. Get you back on here next week. We'll talk maybe Giants-Eagles next week. Definitely awesome. Thank you so much, Art. Uh, yeah, so you just want to check out my work again one more time. Just everything's at, uh, as Art mentioned, at NorthJersey.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Bert underscore Bainbridge. I have, I've already wrote out my predictions this week for the Giants-Vikings games, Bills-Dolphins, and I gave out some of my uh, favorite wildcard teams to win the Super Bowl here at uh, some good good value before the Super Bowl starts. And real quick, uh, I just, uh, on Tiffico right now, if you believe, like I do, that the Chiefs and the um, Eagles will both make the Super Bowl right now, both number one seeds to make the Super Bowl is at plus 600 on on Tiffico. So I think that's great value there. Wow. Well, there you go, Bert. Bert might be making some people some money this weekend. Uh, (laughs) Won't be me. I'll be focused in on the Giants-Vikings. But, Bert, a pleasure as always, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up soon. For sure. Thank you so much again, Art. I appreciate it. Have a good weekend. You as well. So that's Burt Bainbridge, the sports betting analyst for NorthJersey.com. And I'm glad he joined us. And like I said, I'm, I'm fascinated by the 12-5 in March Madness becoming the 6-3 in the NFL playoffs. Obviously, Giants fans listening to this show would absolutely love that.
uh, come Sunday. So there was a lot of talk last week about the decision by Brian Dable and the Giants to go into the Philly game in a game that meant nothing to their playoff standing and not play any starters besides Nick Gates at left guard. He played center last week. Ben Bredesen played left guard. And then Gates came out and Bredesen went to center. Well, before we talk about how that affected the Giants, take a look at what Brandon Staley did with the Chargers last week in a similar situation, playing all of his guys. They not only lost the game, but they lost star wide receiver Mike Williams to a back injury. All week, Staley said he was going to be questionable and would be making the trip. Well, on Friday, Williams was ruled out of the playoff game against the Jaguars on Saturday night. So let's look at the Giants. And the injury report came out after I had our special quick one-on-one leaving the locker room with Adoree Jackson. And we'll get to that in a second. But the Giants injury report came out and no one is on it. No game statuses. Everyone was a full participant in Friday's practice. So that means Adoree Jackson will make his return. Leonard Williams will play. Aziz Ojolari will play. Evan Neal off of the ankle injury that limited him on Thursday. He's not on the injury report. He will play. Xavier McKinney, he will play. Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones are coming off a bye week of sorts. So they are 100% fresh, ready to go. So for all those who wanted the Giants to play their starters and try to knock the Eagles from the top of the perch in the NFC, they made the right call. I don't recall a Giants team ever being this healthy going into a playoff game, let alone a regular season game. And they really played this the right way. Now, that doesn't guarantee them a win on Sunday in Minnesota, but it certainly gives them their best chance. Now, before that injury report came out, I left the locker room today with the Dory Jackson as he headed to his car to head home. I was unaware. Look, I've been telling you all week on Twitter, I believe Adore Jackson was going to play. I had that from various sources within the Giants that they were planning on him playing. His limited participation was just because they were working him back and they didn't want to overload him with snaps during practice, which makes a lot of sense. He's coming back from that MCL sprain. I had heard from some players, some coaches, that Adoree looked very good in practice on Wednesday. He was very smooth in his backpedal, was able to get up and make plays up in the air on certain drills that they worked. So the injury report comes out, and Adoree Jackson is good to go on Sunday. Before that, I grabbed Adoree as we were walking out, Here's what he had to say about a potential return. And then you'll notice the last question I asked him 
you tell me if he knew he was playing when we talked. The job's not finished. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, you see some of the work paying off. Now it's, um, what are you going to do to keep, keep, keep your sake uh, and, and stay here? Um, so that's uh, the, the joy that I have um, for everybody in this locker room. How much, how much have the last six weeks or so, or even more than that, tested you and tested your patience? Um, man, I don't, don't think my, 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 my patience, anything was tested. You know, I, I kept, you know, I keep faith in the Lord and understanding that you know, everything happened for a reason and that no matter what you're going through right now, um, you know, the, if it's a storm, the sun has to shine or whenever you're going through something, how do you prepare yourself so when it does end that you can come out um, pushing forward? Um, and that's pretty much how I, I took um, took the situation that I'm in now. Um, and I'm actually super, you know, thankful for the guys as well um, for the, the same situation. You know, we had that slump. It was like no matter what happens, when the slump, when whatever that, that we had a losing streak, whenever yeah. that ended, uh, how are you gonna put yourself in position to, to to get out of it? And we did that by you know stringing some wins along to be able to uh, get in the playoffs. So I feel like it's the same situation. You know, so uh, we just remain having faith and not just you know the Lord, but ourselves and knowing that we had put in the work and prepared you know for situations and we knew adversity would hit. Uh, it was just how you respond to it. This entire group has been teased all year in terms of having you all together on the field. Um, if it happens on Sunday and all you guys are out there, is there that feeling of, okay, now now it's it's a new season begins for your entire group defensively? Um, I think for us it's more about just having fun and playing with each other, um, not trying to get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, just be able to have fun, enjoy the process, enjoy this game, uh, enjoy life, um, understand like all of us have not – play together and if it does happen to appreciate and value that moment and not to think too deep into it or too far and just do the things that you've been doing and it was just playing football your whole life the chemistry that you guys potentially have on this defense is that something that shows up every single week regardless of what the opponent is or what the stakes are uh, i think when we, when we come into work you know seeing each other um joking around messing around talking trash friendly banters not so friendly banters, and you know when that competition going, we're on that ping pong table, or we out there competing on the. That field. was something going on right yeah, now with yeah, Davis yeah, yeah. and Saquon, boy. So that. it's always cool that you know it's, it's a family thing, like big brother, little brother, your cousins. You know, you're out there just enjoying you know each other's time because uh, we're with each other more than we're with our family. So I think that's where the chemistry starts, and I think that's throughout the whole league. Um, and, but for us, um, just trying to really stay close and stick with each other throughout yep. you know hard times and the good times because. You know, we're going to need each other to lift each other up. Got to ask you, you, you have a good feeling about Sunday or are you still waiting? God is good. Special thanks to Adori for stopping. And as you can hear in our brief interview, he was playing coy, keeping things close to the vest. But it certainly got the feeling after that that he was playing on Sunday. Felt that all week and seemed to confirm it now. So let's get into the keys for the game before we wrap up this special edition of All In with Art Stapleton. Playoff part number two, and my keys to the game. Let's start on the defensive side of the ball. Do we think Adoree Jackson is going to shadow Justin Jefferson the entire game? I don't think he will. 
I think it'll they'll pick their spots, but I think they'll play a safety over the top, and they'll go from there. Uh, the one wrinkle I've I've said and I've tweeted that I anticipate is Xavier McKinney in coverage against T.J. Hawkinson. Now, I'm not saying that McKinney will be an eraser, but similar to what he did with Christian McCaffrey back when the Giants beat the Panthers in week two. Obviously, McCaffrey has now moved on to the 49ers, so we'll see if the Giants get another opportunity to see Christian McCaffrey. But I do think that Hawkinson is the key here. You don't want to just go into a game and say, well, Jefferson's going to get his. But the plays that Hawkinson made were really the backbreakers the last time. Now, yes, Justin Jefferson's wide receiver screen that set up the 61-yard field goal by Greg Joseph was a huge play. His touchdown against double coverage was a huge play. But sometimes you have to tip your cap to great players. I think the Giants' game plan was sound for the most part. And it might sound weird. Jefferson had 12 catches for 133 yards and a touchdown. But I think you play him straight up some with Adore Jackson. But I do think you play with a safety over the top. Shade your coverage to him. Do what you can if there are man situations to play McKinney on Hawkinson. And then you take your chances with the rest of the defense and your front four. Now, the Giants are going to be healthy. I think you're going to see Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence attack the Vikings center. Whether it's Garrett Bradbury, who is coming back from an injury. He's their starter. He's a good player. But even if he comes back having so much time off, it's going to be a tough handle for him to stop Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. So that's where the Giants need to attack. I think on the edge with Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari, who I believe will be healthy in this game, I think the Vikings will try to chip. I think the Vikings will try to do what they can to prevent the Giants from creating pressure on the edge. Now, I don't think they'll get shut out completely, but I think the Giants want to dominate on the interior. And I think that's where they will look to wreck this game with Williams and Lawrence. And that's where they should. So let's flip it to the offensive side of the ball. Number one, turnovers. I know it sounds simple, but the Giants had two turnovers in Vikings territory last game on Christmas Eve. Daniel Jones threw the interception. Good play by Patrick Peterson. Maybe a little behind Isaiah Hodgins, but Pat Pete made the pick. They have to play a clean game on that front. And Daniel Bellinger's fumble inside the red zone. That can't happen if the Giants are going to make the most of their opportunities. And another one you could throw in there. It wasn't necessarily a turnover, but Richie James dropping a third down pass that would have been a first down forced the Giants to take a 55-yard field goal from Graham Gano. And had James converted that first down, the Giants were moving, they were marching, and who knows if they would that would have been a four-point swing if the Giants were able to get in there. 
the last thing on here for the offense, it's Saquon Barkley. Saquon was relatively quiet the last game because the Giants attacked the secondary. He was a factor in the passing game, but the Giants didn't go out there and pound the rock the way they normally do. I think you're going to see some of that this weekend. Saquon Barkley coming off a pseudo buy, having sat against the Eagles. I think Barkley and Jones and the run game, I think if they play a clean game, the Giants will be right there in the end. Now, I am not overlooking Minnesota one bit because I do think they have certain advantages over the Giants. I think the combination of Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter will give the Giants issues. I think the Vikings will move them around. I think they'll try to get Zadarius and Hunter on the same side. I could definitely see them both trying to line up against Mark Lewinsky at right guard and Evan Neal at right tackle and try to exploit some things on that side. So if I'm the Giants, that's something I'm watching. And I don't know necessarily if Kirk Cousins is going to be as bad as some people think. I think he played well overall last time, put some balls up in the air, gave the Giants opportunities we know the interception that Cordell Flott could not hold on to. That would have been a huge swing. So the reality here is if the Giants can play well, I think, against Dalvin Cook and limit him the way they did second through fourth quarters and not necessarily the first quarter, I think you'll see more speed on the field for the Giants. I think Wink Martindale will look to get speed on the field. Jared Davis will be out there. I think Landon Collins will get some time at inside linebacker. And I think this defense will come to play. And at the end of it, a three-point game sounds about right. I'm going to give the Giants a four-point win, 31-27. I like the Giants to move on. I think we're going to be talking about the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles part three down at the link next weekend. That happens if the Giants win and if San Francisco beats Seattle. If San Francisco does not beat Seattle, that would be a major upset and that would then, if the Giants win, would put the Giants on the road against Dallas or Tampa Bay, whoever prevails on Monday night. So that'll wrap up our second playoff special of all in hope you go back and listen to phil sims and jared davis from thursday and now we got this one special thanks to burt bainbridge our sports betting analyst at northjersey.com for all his picks and insight and then obviously dory jackson kind of giving you a send-off message as he left the locker room and the giants will return get on a flight to head to minnesota tomorrow as will I. So we appreciate you being all in. We will stay all in. And it's the playoffs, Giants fans. Next time you hear from me, we will know if the Giants are moving on or packing up and focusing on next season. Thanks, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you soon.